HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This piece was brought to you by Roberta's, robertaspizza.com. Food and travel, they go hand in hand. And chances are, if you're a fan of Heritage Radio Network, you love them both. Between April 10th and 24th, we have six incredible food and travel experiences up for auction at charitybuzz.com. Go on an underground food tour of New Orleans with a rocket scientist. Get your hands on VIP passes to Feast Portland or enjoy a ranch to table experience in wine country. Four of the experiences include hotel stays at some of the most iconic properties across the country, including the newly reopened Hotel Claremont in Atlanta. Now's your chance to win the ultimate bourbon and beyond weekend in Lexington or take in a Latin food tour of New York's outer boroughs. You'll eat, drink, explore, and relax, all while supporting Heritage Radio Network. Help us keep the lights on and the mics hot. Go to heritageradionetwork.org slash auction and bid now. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte, and my co-host. And I'm Souther Teague. <laughs> Where are you, Souther? I'm here. Oh, hey! You just <laughs> I'll drunk? stop now. I'll stop now. <laughs> Souther's in Seattle right now, uh, and I uh, hope he's having a good time out there. Um, but uh, yeah, we're here. It's a sunny day in Brooklyn, and I'm really happy to have one of my really great old buddies in town. Uh, er, in town in Bushwick, <laughs> he moved to New Jersey, uh, but he's still uh, around New York City. So uh, today, I'm really happy to announce my guest. He actually, we used to bartend together back in the day at Prime Meats. Um, he used to bartend at PDT, amongst other places. Went to uh, distillation school in Scotland. Got a crazy CV. Worked for a New York Distilling Company. Actually, the last time he was here on the show, he was with Alan Katz of uh, New York Distilling Company and running to the shanty. Um, now he is. Uh, a, what would you? What's your uh, <laughs> your official title? Yeah. Um- so I started a year and a half ago, and we were, quote-unquote, key account reps. Key account reps. We were cars. Uh, <laughs> and now I think they, they've changed the title. We are premium account specialists. I, well, that's what they should have called you that in the beginning. <laughs> premium, man. This is my buddy, Nate Dumas. Welcome back to the show. Hi, guys. Thanks. Yeah, man. So, uh, dude, 
You're working with uh, some of my favorite whiskeys. I love Wild Turkey. Thanks, man. And that's, I, it's like a big part of your job is Wild Turkey. Obviously, yeah. it's like Grupo Campari. So you you do with Campari and Aperol and Braulio and Cinzano. Like you got you got like all these great brands that are super iconic. Ray and Nephew. That's your, yep. That's yours. Yep. Yeah. Appleton Estate. Appleton Estate, dude. You got them all, man. It was. I mean. I, I don't take anything for granted. I think I got the job because I it was I just gushed about how much I love these brands. I mean, um, I was sitting there with my you know my now boss Reagan O'Conn, and I I couldn't help but just talk about how much I've always loved Wild Turkey, Appleton Estate, Ray Nephew, and of course like the entire Italian portfolio. Uh, it, it almost goes without saying for, yeah. after tending bar for as many years as I have. Well, I mean, like, especially as a bartender, you develop, yeah, you develop a, like, a, a passion, uh, an allegiance, if you will, like, to certain brands, yeah. and, like, then I think a lot of consumers don't really understand, like, how a lot of brands are connected or, like, under one umbrella, Yeah, and then you start, like, you start getting into it, and you realize, like, damn, this is a really fucking awesome portfolio. Yeah, 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 totally. Like, like Infinium has Fernet Branca and Carpano, you know, like yep. that's like, that's a pretty heavy hitting crew too, you know, like, totally. And then you've got, you've got Wild Turkey and, I mean, like, you can make Boulevardiers all damn day, you know? All damn day, man. <laughs> no, the, the Campari portfolio is so much fun. I mean, these brands have so much history and, um, I was, you know, thinking about uh, all of this stuff on my way in today, and um, but just I, today, you don't normally think. Well, about it. <laughs> <laughs> well I don't sit on the bus uh, and ponder these things necessarily, but um, really, you know, like I, I moved to New York twelve years ago, and um, I, I was lucky enough to get on at Pegu Club, and like really early on, I, I that's the first time I remember really tasting. Wild Turkey, specifically in regards to the 101 rye, and just feeling like this is what I want rye whiskey to taste like. Um, yeah. uh, you know, there are, there are many great rye whiskeys out there, but I, I very specifically remember at that stage tasting Wild Turkey 101 rye and being like, this is what I want. This is what I want this whiskey to taste for. And, and I don't say that... Uh, because I work for the brand now, I say that because like that's the honest. Yeah, I remember truth. like long before you worked for the brand, like back. I mean, dude, you've worked at some of the most iconic cocktail bars in New York City, like Mary Queen of Scots. You know? <laughs> <laughs> May she rest in peace. Yeah, um, <laughs> but like we were. Um, damn, that was a that was a deep cut right there. Um, was, yeah, that wasn't around for very long. That place was cool though. It was a good um, spot. We had we had an insane team there. T.J. Lynch. Yeah. Jim Kearns, yeah. Jay Zimmerman, yeah, myself. I'm leaving out some others. Maxime, yeah, it, it was a good. Crew. It was it was gnarly, man. Yeah. And I remember, I think we were hanging out doing something the day that you had to go in for training. And then we, you were like, "I got to train there tonight, but bar's open. Want to come hang out?" And I was like, <laughs> "I will go with you to your training shift." <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> um. And I think we were at. I think we were actually at a whiskey, God. a whiskey tasting, like right before that. Yeah. What What year was that? Uh, Twenty twelve, maybe. Okay. 
the end of the world. It was a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I remember, uh, not to digress, but uh, yeah, we we were working at uh, Prime Meats together. And, yeah. And I had Wild Turkey 101 there because I was like, I fucking love Wild Turkey 101. It's like, this is like real whiskey. Yeah. And there were, there was like, there's always been in my life it's like drinking like wild turkey and old crow and like eagle rare i get i have a bird theme apparently uh but <laughs> there's kind of a bird theme in whiskey i mean yeah there's a lot of them yeah sure like uh the famous grouse yep yep <laughs> the list goes on but remember that was like one of the first like whiskeys that you and i had together that we kind of bought it and we we're like yeah all right i was like i like this dude yeah man yeah yeah and thomas Watt was working there thomas Watt. uh he just left Death and Company, and uh, the three of us were working there at the same time, and we all agreed. We're like, this is just a great whiskey. I, and think, I think there's like so much like personal history with it. I mean, the brand's been around for a very long time, but like, it's always something that I've seen like, uh, you know, in the liquor cabinet, yep. like in my family's houses, you know, or like other people's houses. It's like it's iconic and classic, you know. I, I totally agree, and I, I've said this before but like I, I really i think of like wild turkey like i think of gibson guitars and harley davidson like, yeah totally like really like kind of like brawnier than usual and very american and just classically so um and uh it, it's interesting being on the selling end of wild turkey now because um i've always been such a fan but you you encounter other people's perceptions and um when you're out there selling you, you know you go into like a nice restaurant and for them their perception of wild turkey is that i mean like wild turkey's always been one one it's always been stronger than usual yeah and um and i i think that there's like a, a period there where you know wild turkey was perceived as just like if you were drinking this one-on-one proof whiskey you were like a crazy man you were yeah you were drinking really hard and and the word wild's in the name, so I feel like... Yeah, exactly. but, and turkey. You know, exactly. I remember my, my grandma calling me a little turkey. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. Um, so yeah, it's 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 kind of really punk rock. Like from it has a reputation, yeah. right? It's, yeah. Like, it's like I'm going to go... I'm going to be listening to Pantera and listening... I'm and, and drinking wild wood turkey. <laughs> listening to Pantera. Yeah. Cowboys from hell. But, but that, to me, works because I respond to that sort yeah. of but but also at the end of the day it's a hunting reference it was uh austin nichols in um i mean it's always been made in kentucky but actually austin nichols was a new york guy a new york city guy and uh he i mean we can back up and go through the history of the distillery uh that gets us to this point if we want but uh, it was in the 40s that um he had this kind of sample of uh, whiskey that was aged a little longer and was bottled a little stronger and he took it hunting with his friends a turkey hunt and they really liked it and um, that was kind of the the birth of the brand there you know what man okay so I, I just want to I, I don't want to get too speculative but I think that's what really like attracts me to the the whiskey itself and the brand and like the the kind of overall idea of what it is because like it's it's been aged longer it's stronger it's fucking wild man yeah you know and i you know like you're saying we we both dig rock and roll and like 
hunting and fishing and like motorcycles and stuff. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's like it's 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 a little bit ballsier. But you know, the funny thing to me is like the those things kind of take time to appreciate, like, and you appreciate them more as you get a little bit older. So, like, anything yeah. that's aged a little bit longer, you're like, all right, well, cool, I'm growing with this. I remember, like, when I was younger, I would drink a lot of, I, well, not a lot. I mean, like, it was easier for me to, like, take shots of, like, something a little bit smoother, like an Irish whiskey or something like that. But, like, also, you know, I, I don't really do a lot of shots these days anyway. I, I, we're getting older. We're getting older. But um, I, there's also some weird connotation with that with, like, certain brands like uh like wild turkey like where a lot of like people from our even our generation they think that it's like an old man's whiskey and i'm like if that's an old man's whiskey then i can't wait to get older you know <laughs> honestly I'm, I'm being completely truthful yeah, yeah. here man it's like well you know that's a, that's an interesting thing to dive into because wild turkey if it's an old man's whiskey it's only because it's been around for so long and i mean it, i don't know what you know, this hypothetical person would consider a young man's whiskey, but Fireball. there's a good chance <laughs> it, there's a good chance that it's coming from a brand that is buying barrels from a big distillery in Indiana sure. that just sells barrels and, and they don't have And there's a, a made up story that exactly. sells the brand. Um yeah. But like but you you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, totally. It's like I honestly, like another bird, old crow, I mean, that was the first whiskey I ever had and I I got it. It was like something that my grandma had stashed in her yeah. in her closet, and you know what? To this day, I still like Old Crow. And I think that you and I are similar in that we will appreciate quality wherever it comes from. Of but, course, but also there's a deep respect for brands that have been around forever. Absolutely, and like Heritage Radio Network's been around. They, they actually invented radio. They invented <laughs> true story. Yeah. Well, how long have you been doing this? I mean, I think I was on here six years ago. You must have been doing this for I've closing been, on, on a decade now. No, it's almost eight years. Okay. Yeah. I'd say that's closing in. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, the distillery yeah. that became Wild Turkey, um, I mean, it dates back to the 1800s. Um, I was uh, texting with Bruce Russell, so third generation um, Russell. Um, trying to get to the bottom of this, and uh, it sounds like the original distillery was the old Moore Distillery, became the old Hickory Distillery, then in 1891 became the old Rippy Distillery. Oh. Uh, then I, I think sometimes in the 40s it was renamed the Boulevard Distillery. I don't know why they'd call it the Boulevard, but we should probably like. There's not a lot of boulevards. In, yeah. <laughs> in uh, Tyrone, Kentucky. But then um, it was uh, in 71. So the, the brand dates back to the 40s. And then in um, 1971, Austin Nichols Company bought the distillery, and it was officially the Wild Turkey Distillery. Cool. Um, but, I mean, they've been distilling on this site. And actually, I know we want to get to... We should probably get... Let's get Bruce on the phone. Yeah, let's get him on the phone. All right. Yeah. You know, before we do, like while we do that, there's a lot of some of my favorite things about wild turkey is that you've got like things like rare breed, which we had a little bit of earlier. Yep. Uh, which every year it seems like the proof goes up. That's a and, fact. <laughs> and it's one of my favorite whiskeys. 
And and that's one of the cool things about it. It changes, you know, year to year, and a new batch is going to have a slightly different flavor profile. I'm really loving the new batch, 116.8 proof. Yeah, 116.8. Not joking around. Yeah, exactly, man. And it would behoove you to, like, you know, for all the whiskey collectors out there, uh, you know, to every time one of those new releases comes out, you know, definitely grab it uh, and taste them side by side because there's, uh, I mean, you're still tasting wild turkey, but there's definitely a difference. Yep. Yeah. We have um, we have one bourbon mash bill and one rye mash bill. And so everything that comes out of wild turkey, if it tastes a little different, it's a product of blending. And uh, at this stage, it's Eddie Russell who's behind that, and I think he's just doing an amazing job um, kind of creating some new flavor profiles. And I think, uh, you know, case in point is the newest Master's Keep, uh, which was called Decades uh, this year. Uh, it's a blend of barrels 10 to 20 years old. Um, and w- we were on the cover of uh, Whiskey Advocate, the number three whiskey. Um, and we can taste that uh, whenever you're ready. I think Damon. we should. Tell I think me. we should. Absolutely. You know what? Actually, why don't we do this? Why don't we take a quick break and let's get, let's get Bruce on the phone. Let's do it. And then so when we come back, can we, can we call him? I've got his number. Cool. <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Let's let's pour some let's pour some during the break, and then when we get back, hopefully we'll have uh, we'll have Bruce Russell on the phone. I think it sounds like a great idea. Awesome. Cool. Back in a moment. You're listening to Speakeasy. We got Nate Dumas from Wild Turkey and Grip of Campari, and pour yourself a glass of whiskey so you can uh, join us when we get back. Well, she's her own. She's her own female She's her own female That's why I like her I like her a lot And she don't know That she's her own female She's her own female And she don't know That's why I like her a lot I got a cab to the cafe To play the charming young man That's when she told me, tie me up and cuff me to the window. You know how I like to rip tight. You know I like to ride a wave so slowly as the ocean patrol be rolling by. Dirty girl. I'm on the run. Got to get in and get out. You say you won't be much fun tonight, but I doubt it. I doubt it. Roberta's, a super duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, very, very 
very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. And we are back. You're listening to the Speakeasy on Heritage Radio Network. I got my buddy Nate in the studio. We're talking wild turkey. And he actually just poured us over the break. Um, a very, 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 very cool whiskey. This is the Wild Turkey Decades. This is part of the Master's Keep? It's part of the Master's Keep collection. Um, Master's Keep started, I think, two years ago. And um, I think we're basically going to be doing one release per year. Pretty limited. Um, the first release was the oldest straight whiskey that has come out of Wild Turkey. It was a, it was a straight 17-year Wild Turkey bourbon. This excuse me, came out last year, a blend of barrels 10 to 20 years old. Um, and decades. And, like, this is I, don't, I don't know. Let's, I, I'd like to hear what Bruce has to say, but I feel like this is, like, representative of what Eddie's doing right now and why what Eddie's doing right now is really cool. cool. So blending some really old barrels with some like significantly younger barrels in a way that's kind of unique and leading to some unique flavor profiles. And um, I think he's being very successful and I think the press that we're getting as a result uh, stands to, to that point. Cool. Do we have, uh, do we have Bruce on the phone? Yeah, sure do. Oh, hey, buddy. Hey, Bruce. How are hey, you? Hey, how's it going? Good, good. We're just sipping on some some nice uh, whiskey here in the studio. How's it going down there? It's going great. I'm sipping on some myself. Perfect. That's that's how it's supposed to go. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Cool, man. Uh, yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit? I or Nate, do you want to talk to Bruce about the? Yeah. Uh, so, Bruce, uh, I was texting back and forth with Brand Team this morning, and we got the green light to go ahead and. <laughs> Uh, release for the first time ever um, details on the new Master's Keep that's coming out uh, in a couple of months. So we got the scoop? You got the scoop. Nice! Got the scoop. (laughs) Cool, thank you. Cool, lay it on us, man. um, Yeah, so Master's Keep uh, is really, you know, my dad's pet project. Um, Wild Turkey, for the longest time, was really known as being this old-fashioned, authentic, kind of traditional brand, and and I still like to think of it that way, but when my grandfather started in 54, he thought the only thing he was ever going to get to make was Wild Turkey 101. <clears throat> and that's kind of what he pushed. He was Mr. Consistency. He was Mr. Eight-Year-Old 101. He liked, you know, really one age, one style, and one type of whiskey. Dad's a little bit different. Um, he's more of a tinker, more of an experimenter. Um, he's a little bit more involved on the science aspects. And so, you know, he likes to play around with different finishes, different ages. 
And for the longest time, he just got told no because the bourbon industry really wasn't ready for anything but baseline products. Thankfully, with the bourbon boom, now Dad can release some of the stuff that he's really been passionate about over the years, which is different ages, different blends, different kind of finishes. I heard Nate talk about the 17-year-old, which was the first one we did. The one last year was a blend of 10-year-old bourbon all the way to 20-year-old bourbon. And so he wanted to do something even a little bit more uh, different for his third release. And so um, we're going to actually do a sherry finished product. Uh, the new one, this is the first time we've ever really talked about it publicly. It's, um, it's going to be called Master's Keep Revival. It's going to be a blend of t- 12 and 15-year-old whiskeys. Um, and it's actually going to be finished for about two months in Oloroso Sherry Cast. Uh, that, sounds, that sounds amazing. It's, completely different than anything that dad's ever done um it's completely different than anything i've ever tasted from the distillery uh but it's it's turned out to be uh to maybe be my favorite master's keep we've done very cool that's a 12 to 15 year old whiskey finished off in Oloroso sherry cask correct yeah we wanted to do it only at 15 years old um but the 15-year-old actually had a little too much oak if we did it all 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we weren't really getting the sherry flavor that we wanted. Um, it really wasn't changing the whiskey enough. Uh, and then so we added a little bit of a younger whiskey, uh, some 12-year-old in there that was a little bit sweeter, a little less heavy on the oak. And uh, that blend together in the Oloroso sherry, uh, it turned out to be very, very delicious. You know, it's funny to me is when you when you talk about putting uh, a younger whiskey in there, you're talking about 12-year-old whiskey. Uh, that's pretty hilarious to me because so many uh, newer distilleries, you know, they, you know, they're talking months sometimes <laughs> rather than, uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, well, we we don't do anything at Wild Turkey less than six years old that's going in our straight bourbon. Um, but to be honest, we really don't like stuff much older than fifteen unless it's for a specific project. The way we age our stuff, we think our best stuff comes in in about 7 to 15 years. And that's normally what we play around. Bourbon can get too old, but we really don't like young bourbon either. Um, yeah. I've tasted some really exciting stuff coming out of, of the new distilleries uh, and a lot of these craft guys. There's a lot of good young juice out there, but for us, we think our best stuff is really right around 8, 10, 12, on up to 15 years old. I can agree with that, absolutely. I think, I've always thought that, uh, you know, yeah, somewhere around... 15 years is like the sweet spot if you want an older bourbon. I feel like rye can age a lot longer, you know? Uh, and, and I feel like rye kind of uh, scoots right along with like scotch where, you know, you can you can age it for quite a bit longer and get uh, get more out of it if you'd like. But, but bourbon, I feel like it starts to kind of starts to fall apart after, uh, you know, around – when you just get it over it does. like 20 and, and years. So rise you have to be careful with. Uh, what the, the bad part of a barrel and the reason why, you know, you don't age stuff super long is your, your flavor profile, like if you're looking at age, from about starting at about six years for us and for most people at about four to six on up to about 10 to 12, you're really looking at sweeter notes is what's going to be imparted out of that barrel. Uh, and then once you get to closer to 10 years, that's when you might start to pick up some really long ester chains, and you're going to get fruits, uh, cinnamons, cloves, earthy tones. 
but if you age bourbon too long, you'll start to pick up sourness, bitterness, rancidness, um, very astringent notes, and we don't like that. Rye actually picks up those notes a little bit quicker, but for some reason, if you continue to age rye, a lot of times it kind of smooths itself back out, mm. um, which bourbon will not. Really, once bourbon's gone bad, you can't ever doctor it. Uh, but for rye, you can kind of, you're right, you can kind of leave them in barrels sometimes, and they'll do some miraculous things. And um, I'm a rye whiskey fan first and foremost, so I've been playing around. We've got some 10-year-old rye right now that turned out to be excellent. I think, uh, I mean, it's it's pretty amazing when you take grains and then yeast and you put it all together. Like, they, they just kind of, I know there's, like, obviously there's a... Uh, a uh, obviously you're 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 manufacturing a, a product right but at the same time it's like this production this distillation and aging has been around for a very long time and just taking grain and wood and time you know it's it's a really like you like you said it's kind of miraculous you know just like like what happens naturally and sometimes controlled environment but it's a it's a pretty cool thing to see Kind of just seeing what happens, you know. A lot of times, it's uh, you know, sitting around and waiting uh, to see what uh, what comes from these different whiskeys and what comes from the different grains and and you know, even where it is in the rickhouse and and uh, like how it gets moved around, and, like what the uh, the seasons were like. It's pretty cool. Well, that's that's the best part of the job when you're at the distillery is, uh, you know, they kind of become for us like it's it's our you're watching kids grow up. You never know yeah. how they're going to turn out. Would you <laughs> You're say, just hoping you've done enough for them to be halfway decent. Yeah. Would, uh, you, would you say? Uh, and, would you say it's wild? It's see, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but but to see different ages, different proofs, different flavor profiles from barrels, even from the same floor, uh, that's that's the best part of the job. And it doesn't always turn out great. Sure. You know, for as many. As many times as we come out with something like Master's Keep Decades, there's probably a dozen things that we've tried that have failed. Sure. But that, that's the fun part. Um, and Mother Nature does most of our work for us. So Ex we just get to sit back and wait yeah, 8, exactly. 10, 12 years and then drink some really good whiskey. We, we've got it made. Yeah, man. That sounds great. I mean, that's just that's, uh, it's, it's something I've always loved about, like, not only whiskey, but just, like, the distillation and aging process in general for it, like, amongst many different types of spirits. It's just... And, and and wine and beer, you know, it's like it's all like in the same kind of family of sorts, extended family. It's just you kind of never know what you're going to get. And you, it's a roll of the dice. And uh, a lot of times, you know, it's that's life, you know, and you get to come out <laughs> with uh, like, hopefully, you know, knock on wood, you get to uh, uh, knock on wood. Like we're talking about barrel aging. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hopefully you come out on the other side. uh uh, with some really, some really good product and uh, and you know some good experience and you know and knowledge about how to actually do it, and uh, I think you guys got it down. No, oh, thank you. We appreciate that. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to try now, the. Now you got to get Nate to bring you down to the distillery. Well, yeah, Nate. Hey, what's your expense account looking like I'm these down, days? Man. <laughs> Let's talk to brand team. All right, man. <laughs> I sell lots of well turkey. Just saying, <laughs> <laughs> my bar has. Uh, Am I bringing you or Kevin? 
I, well, I, I, write, I write the checks, bro. <laughs> you it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I, I would love to come down. I've, it's been uh, probably about, um, geez, almost a decade since I've been down to Kentucky at all. And uh, I, I know I'm going, going down there for Camp Runamuck uh, at the end of May. And uh, uh, definitely, uh, maybe I could uh, swing by, just kind of like make it all into one trip. Swing, swing down there. You should, yeah. We'll be, we'll be there we that do. whole time. We, uh, we host one of the days for Camp Runamuck every year. It's cool. a blast. And uh, it's kind of unusual. I've, I've kind of started to take more of a role in the distillery. I've been traveling, doing a lot of the brand work. Cool. And uh, we, we've got to be the only distillery ever that right now in the distillery, it's me, dad, and my granddad, all three involved, wow. uh, you know, trying to put our fingerprints on the stuff that's going on. So it's, it's an exciting time at Wild Turkey. Three generations. Uh, that's pretty cool. You should uh, you should find a 30-year-old barrel and do a, a 10, a 20, and a 30 uh, decades <laughs> I'd be, I'd be probably, you probably don't have my a thirty-year-old. Grand, my granddad's mad when we put out fifteen years old. He might kill me if we put out a thirty. <laughs> well, you don't want to double down on that, then. Um, <laughs> no. Cool, man. Well, dude, it's been great talking to you. Uh, uh, well, we'll see you down in in Kentucky as soon as we can. Yeah, sure thing. Thanks for having me on, guys. Absolutely. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Thanks, see Bruce. You soon, Nate. All right. See ya. So you touched on one of the things that I, I think is just like super unique and cool to this distillery. Um, <clears throat> so Bruce's granddad is Jimmy and his father is Eddie. Yeah. And Jimmy started at the distillery in 1954. He became the master distiller. But the guy that he learned distilling from was the guy who was the master distiller before Prohibition, who started in the late 1800s. So, you know, for a hundred some years, it's been like three people that have been in charge of overseeing how this whiskey is produced, and they have not changed much. And it's just like this kind of like beautiful and unique continuity to this brand um, that, uh, to my mind, is just, you know, a classic American product. Yeah, absolutely. Not a lot of brands in any industry can say that for over 100-some years, it's been three people who've made sure that it is up to their standards and consistent. It's cool. I think that's, you know, going back to the reasons why you and I like, you know, Gibson guitars and Wild Turkey whiskeys, because we we really appreciate the continuity and, like, the classicism of certain things you know old cars and, and you know yeah, and to me it's like whenever i'm drinking like a glass of wild turkey it's like i feel like i'm a part of that you know in a weird way you know yeah it's like absolutely it makes me feel like i'm actually uh doing good by myself by like supporting you know and like enjoying those kinds of uh Brands, not just whiskey brands, but like, like, all right, I'm keeping this alive. Totally. And like, it's it's, it's so cool. Like, and it, that was really great to have him on the uh, the phone, man. It's what it's been cool so dude. much fun getting to to know Bruce. I mean, I, I've been such a fan of the distillery, obviously, um, and since I've been 
working with Campari for Campari in this in, in this capacity. Um, I mean, like Jimmy Nettie and Bruce are super accessible, and um, I've been down to the distillery four times in the last year, and it, it's just phenomenal to roll up and. You're, know where the know where the, like the staff bathroom is. <laughs> I don't know where the staff bathroom is, but but like rolling up to Rick House A, yeah, and it's like there's it's I think the only Rick House that has like a front porch, and it's on a bluff overlooking a river, and Eddie Russell's just standing there waiting for you to show up, and like that's such a good feeling, yeah. and and uh, you know like I say they're they're very accessible, and um, to be able to talk with them about brands and um you know sometimes they confirm some of the things that you think about bourbon sometimes they sort of challenge what you think um it's kind of like when you have a a lyric in your head from a song that you're like oh man that was that was a pretty cool lyric man and yeah. then it, and then you find out what the actual lyric was and you're like your mind's blown you're like ah, yeah oh, shit. <laughs> uh, but um I, I guess to that point so um you're going down to Camp Runamuck, yeah, which is awesome. Um, just for any bartenders listening, um, Wild Turkey Behind the Barrel is something that we do every year, and it is um, something that you know we we wish we could accommodate more bartenders than we can, um, but we accommodate as many as we can. And um, go ahead and get online and Google Wild Turkey Behind the Barrel. Um, it's an application process, and it's done blind. So, um, you know, if you work at a bar in a small town, but your application's amazing, we don't we don't know what bar you're coming from. You know, you're on you're on equal footing with people from big name bars in New York City and San Francisco and wherever else. Um, but it's an application process. Um, I think you have to get yourself to and from Louisville. Um, and we're going to bring you out to the distillery for, I believe it's three nights. Uh, there's a summer session and a fall session. And, you know, essentially you're going to be kind of, kind of glamping in tent cabins with a full size bed. You're going to be comfortable. You're going to be eating barbecue, drinking bourbon, and you might even be shooting some guns. I think you're uh, skeet shooting with Jimmy and Eddie Russell, um, Three days, please apply. It's it's kind of a once in a lifetime thing, and uh, just um, I've personally had so much fun every time I've gone down to the distillery. And this sounds even better because you're shooting guns and drinking bourbon and eating barbecue with Jimmy and Eddie for three days straight. So yeah, please apply. That's like a once in a lifetimer. Yeah, um, very cool. Is there like a where could you find the application? I couldn't tell you the website just off the top of my head, but if you Google Wild Turkey behind, behind the barrel, the yeah. it'll take you there. Cool. Yeah. I think I think there's like a actually like a Facebook page for it that I saw recently. Um, that's cool, man. Yeah. Hey, man. Uh, you know what's coming up soon is uh, I mean, you and I we're both bartenders at heart. You know. Um, we should be talking about this. We, we haven't even touched on this yet, um, although we have talked a lot about bourbon. Man, the Kentucky Derby's coming up in uh, a few up weeks. Soon. Yep. Uh, do you like mint juleps? I do like mint juleps. I was drinking a delicious Russell's Reserve mint julep at Nomad yesterday, as a matter cool. of fact. Nice, man. 
Yeah. Do you okay? So, if you have, <clears throat> have you ever messed around? I mean, I'm sure you have. You've got, you've worked at pretty much every amazing bar ever. <laughs> yep. But uh, <laughs> thanks, man. Uh, Some for, of them, except anyways. for Grand Army. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, we'll see how this Campari gig works. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have like a, a preference on a mint julep? Or any like classic variation, like yeah, the you Georgia know what? julep okay. or anything. So this is this is kind of a fun story. Um, I love a classic mint julep. Yeah, obviously. Um, last last year, I sponsored or you know helped out with a, a Derby Day celebration, and um, kind of did a version that I at least thought was pretty unique and. Um, thought that I had kind of come up with it. It was... Uh, like you cracked the code. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> kind of uh, a, a julep with Appleton Estate Rum and Chenar and um, Crushed Ice Mint, etc. Uh, and then I was kind of going back through some of my old notes and uh, Kenta Goto had done the Amaro julep at Pegu Club probably... 10, 11 years ago, and it was essentially that. I think maybe he had one more Amaro dashed in there as well. Uh, I remember But uh, d- just a wonderful variation on a mint julep. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm a big fan of the uh, the prescription julep. What's in that one? Remind me. It's like it's it's split between uh, 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 whiskey and, and cognac. Nice. You know, because then you get like... You know, I always feel like with the with cognac, you get like some kind of chocolatey notes, and then like mint and chocolate together, yeah, and then they, yeah. they make a lot of sense. I mean, like you know, it's funny uh, actually. I think back in our days when, when actually when we were working at uh, Prime Meats together, was Jimmy and or not Jimmy? Well, he was definitely not working there, but uh, Jim Kearns was Jim Kearns from uh, Slowly Shirley. Uh, was he working there at the same time? So. I think he came in right after you did. I I think Jim and Thomas both came in right after I left. Okay. I think I crossed paths with Jim, uh, and then Thomas uh, was just after me. Yeah. But a hell of a crew at Prime Meats, man. Just some of the best in the industry a lot of made their people. way through that way, yeah. through that but, place. Yeah, but we, I, I can't remember if it was you and I or like Jim Kearns and I talking about, like, like you know what, man? Every, everyone's on this whole like, like a lot of customers are like not too sweet, not too sweet. It's like yeah. you know what? We had this conversation. Where we're like, you know what? I, you know, I put a lot of bitter things in drinks, but at the end of the day, I'm like, I kind of, kind of like things that are like. <laughs> I mean, it's got to be a little sweet because like it has to have some sort of body from sweetness, you know, obviously to make it balanced out, but. In like, my experience, the people that say they want something that's not too sweet are the people that actually kind of want something sweet. It, they just don't want to be known as people that want something that's right. kind of sweet. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, but, can I pour you one more whiskey? I don't dude, know how much more time yeah. we've got, but... Um, dude, we got a few minutes. All right. Plus, I have to finish this decade. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, Which is delicious, by the way. This is the Russell's Reserve Single Barrel Rye. Um... And I've often described this as just kind of like my deathbed rye whiskey. Like, I've already told you that when I tasted 101 rye for the first time, I 
just felt like this was what I wanted rye to taste like. And this is uh, that and to the nth degree. So um, the Russell's Reserve Single Barrel Rye Whiskey is bottled at 104 proof, and it is not chill-filtered. Um, we're off the record here, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so uh, when I was talking to Eddie, he said that he won't go younger on the single barrel versions than the straight ahead Russell's Reserve, which is bottled at um, uh, Christ uh, <laughs> six years. Um, Got a lot of numbers to remember. It's bottled at six years. The the Russell's Reserve rye for the single barrel. He, he kind of indicated that we're going through some slightly older barrels. Um, I guess I won't go on the record for how old I think this barrel is. But uh, this is the Russell's Reserve single barrel rye I mean, that's on the shelf across, right now. It's like, that. that's a pretty dark whiskey, so it must have spent quite a bit of time. Yeah. Yeah. It looks amazing. Thank you. This is that silent moment where... The listeners are like, what's happening? Are they drinking or smelling? Are they dreaming? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's kind of funny because I can hear uh, Paul Simon, or, uh, Paul, Paul McCartney. <laughs> Band on the Run's playing and, and Roberta's right now. I'm like, this is perfect. This is like a perfect moment. Yeah, man. We're sharing a perfect moment. <laughs> <laughs> this is great, man. Oh, man. This is the people sitting at table 42 right on the other side of the window of the station are uh, singing along to this Paul McCartney song. (laughs) It's Wings, actually, right? Is this Paul McCartney or Wings? It is. It's Wings. It's Wings. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) This is like, I don't mind the radio silence. Because this is <laughs> this really whiskey's that good. Yeah. Sorry, Dave. We'll get you one in a second. <laughs> oh, thanks. Hop in here, Dave. Yeah. Right in. Come on in for a sec. Bring a bring your own glass. <laughs> <laughs> or you can just drink straight from the bottle. No, I need this for samples. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to get the. There he goes. <laughs> um. I actually just tasted it. I've been just smelling it and listening to Paul McCartney for the last, like, two minutes. Man, that's good. Yeah. This is... How many years do you think it is? I mean, like, just... Okay. Like, your speculation okay. of it. Um, my speculation, and based on conversations I've had with various people, I'm guessing this is around an eight-year-old barrel. So Really? Yeah. Oh, man, I would have guessed more. But also, I mean, you know, we've got some really good barrels kicking around in our in our rick houses, so we're going through some killer juice right now. <laughs> Cheers! Good job doing it right by the microphone, so we get the uh, sound effects too. Of course. Cheers, guys. Well, well, because our producer's in the studio, so he can't hit all the foley buttons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you better cue up an explosion sound. <laughs> <laughs> well, my mind's blown by this. Also, um, I just, you know what? I've known you for a long time, and you're one of my brothers, and I love you, and it's great having you in the studio today, and it was really great to have in 
Bruce on the show and like tasting some of these whiskeys, but um, it's really exciting to see, you know, with the the new Masters Keep, like just like seeing the like the kind of like modern projection of what's happening, the yeah. trajectory rather of uh, what's happening with a brand that I've always loved, you know, um, and that, that you've always loved, we've always loved. Um, so I'm really excited to taste the new one when it comes out. But yeah. also I'm excited to go down to the distillery. Uh, and I would obviously uh, let everyone know that uh, it's a really cool distillery. I, it's been eight years since I've, eight or maybe nine years since I've been down there Yeah, to that distillery. Um, and uh, it's really cool. It's a great tour. Um, maybe if you can like, like handshake someone a 20, you can get a, like a private tour. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you, you That's know, Nate. Nate's not saying that. I'm saying that. So you're not in trouble, right? <laughs> Thanks, um, you know, uh, I, I forget exactly when it went up, but I mean, um, since since Wild Turkey's been a part of Campari, um, we've built like a whole new visitor center, and it's it's really a great um, trip. And um, you know, we do we do do tours of the Rick Houses for people who come by and um jimmy's not always there but jimmy is very often hanging out in the uh the gift shop uh on a stool and kind of flirting with the ladies and um shaking hands and kissing babies so you know it's it's pretty unique and it's like a um, living country song it really is, man. Um, so I just encourage anybody to get down to Wild Turkey. It's you know an hour outside of Louisville. It's a totally doable day hike, and there are some other great venerable bourbon distilleries that are right nearby if you want to make a day of it. So right. get down to Wild Turkey and do it now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Well, Nate, thanks so much for coming on the show. Like I said, man, you're my brother. I love you. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for coming on. Love like, you too, dude. I, you know. I would, as often as you can, I would just love to have you as a repeat guest, man. It's I always mean, great talking with you. We can talk about rock and roll. We, let's whatever you want to talk, talk about. about guitars. Man. Yeah, we can talk. <laughs> next time we'll just talk about cigars and guitars, man. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, that's it for the Speakeasy this week. Uh, tune in to Heritage Radio Network for many other programs like this one. Go to our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Click on the beating heart to please donate to our little station and i want to say thanks again to group and kapari and wild turkey and and bruce russell for being on the show today thanks for uh hanging out on that phone call that was really fun and uh until next week cheers cheers so you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load knows that country music's gonna save your soul the Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please 
Join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.